This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. And a wonderful good Arab Shabbos to all of you. Great to be here to talk about the Parsha, to listen to the Torah, hear what they have to say to us. In fact, to listen very carefully to what Torah has to tell us, because after all, it is Torah Chaim, it is the source of life. It is something which is extraordinary, something which is great. The wisdom of God, the instruction of God, and therefore it touches each and every one of us, not only in our hearts and minds, but in the very core of our soul. It touches each and every one of us in that place that makes us unique, that makes us Jewish, it makes us who we are. And this is why each and every single week we have to find some special message, we have to find some special lesson that talks to us personally with relevance, talks to us about the here and now, talks to us about how we should be going about our lives, the business of life, and to go about it correctly. There are so many challenges out there. There are so many questions out there. There are so many confusing elements out there. It's important to have clarity. And what greater clarity than the clarity of Torah? The Word of God, infinite for all places and all times. And this is why Torah is something that we listen to with great excitement, with great joy, and with great purpose. But before we begin, I want to remind everybody about Sinai Encore. It's this weekend, it's this Saturday night and Sunday. Make sure that you are there. They have the great speakers of the past. I'm sure it's going to be an incredible success. It'll be a lot of fun, very informative. You certainly will be inspired. You certainly will learn things. Get there. If you haven't made your bookings, do whatever you can to make that booking now. Don't miss out. This is one of the wonderful, wonderful events that the chief rabbi has organized for us here in South Africa, throughout South Africa. And I think it's important that each and every one of us participate, attends, and makes the most out of this wonderful opportunity of becoming more knowledgeable, more inspired, more Jewish, more joyous in the fullest sense of the word. The Parsha this week is Vayakel, and what a special Parsha it is, because it's a special Shabbos. It's a Shabbos Mevorchem, and we bless the second month of Adar. Yes, this year, as you know, we have two months of Adar, each and every one of them, the first, the second, each and every one of them filled with elements of joy, as I say so often the past couple of weeks, Mishanichnas Adar Marbin Simcha, when the month of Adar enters, we have to increase our joy, and what joy it is, the joy that leads to the festival of Purim, the height of joy, the tremendous realization, the miraculous, the miraculous survival of the Jews people, they were to be annihilated in one day, and yet we see the incredible hand of God within the forces of nature sometimes playing an incredible role of protecting, saving, and the Jewish people are triumphant. But we'll talk about Purim as we get closer to the festival, but right now we talk about the fact that it is Shabbos Mubarak, and we're going to bless the new month of Adar, the second Adar, and it's important for us to understand that when we bless the month, the month becomes blessed, and in turn, it blesses us. Every time we give a blessing, every time we extend this concept of blessing, it's very reflective. We bless others, and in turn, we are blessed. We bless the month, and in turn, we are blessed. We bless the Almighty, we bless God himself, and in turn, we are blessed. Blessing is something which has an incredible effect, not only upon the recipient, but on the one who actually makes the blessing, because it is reflective. It is reaching out to tremendous levels, and from those tremendous 
highest levels, it comes right back to us in greater measure. And therefore, when we bless the second month of Adar, and the second month of Adar is again a month of incredible joy. What we are blessed with is that dimension of joy enters our very being. It enters our consciousness. It enters who and what we are. It influences how we act, how we behave, how we look at ourselves, how we look at others, how we look at our relationship with God, how we look at our relationship with our community. Joy is a powerful medium through which we are able to make tremendous bonding with all those elements which are important in our lives. With joy, we are able to achieve incredible levels of spirituality. With joy, we have clarity. With joy, we have purpose. And this is why, for the last couple of weeks and for the next couple of weeks, I keep on saying that it's important for us to understand the Parsha within the context of the added joy, the increased joy of the month of Adar, not only to understand the Parsha and to look at the words and to hear what, in fact, that particular message and lesson for each and every one of us is, but to see it within the context of joy, because this, in fact, is the time, the season of joy, the time that we celebrate in great measure, in infinite measure, to the point that we celebrate on Purim, but we'll talk about that a bit later on. It's Vayakhel, as I said before, it's Shabbos Mavorchem, but it's another special Shabbos as well. In fact, we take out two Torah scrolls this Shabbos, one for the regular reading, I shouldn't say regular, but the reading of the Parsha, of the weekly Parsha Vayakhel, and the second, of course, because it's Parsha Shekalim, the Parsha of the coins, the half coin that was used to count the Jewish people. We spoke about it not long ago, the concept of the half coin, the purpose of the half coin, what in fact it accomplished within the individual, what in fact it accomplished within the community, not only to count people, but through that was bought the necessary offerings in the temple, all sorts of important things for the Jewish community as a whole as a result of this half shekel. And therefore, we have to see this within the context of the parsha as well, what in fact that means, and we have to see that within the context of joy. It's Vayakel, it's Shabbos Mavorchem, the Shabbos that we bless the second month of Adar. It is Shabbos Shkalim when we read that portion, the special Shabbos, one of the four preceding Pesach, that we talk about the half coin that each and every single Jew, this head tax that each and every single Jew had to bring. And this is why this Shabbos is extraordinary. It's special. It's here to teach us something which is absolutely unique within the context of those elements that I mentioned before. Vayakil, of course, means to assemble, to bring together, to create a sense of unity, to create a sense of greater purpose, but more of that soon. This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. The, for, the question, of course, that we have to ask as we approach this Parsha is why this Parsha was written at all. After all, we still remember a couple of weeks ago we read a Parsha, well, very similar, talking about what was needed for the temple, the various items, the various materials, etc. Why suddenly... Are we repeating the entire Parsha? It's a question that all the commentaries ask. It's a question that we have talked about from time again and again and again. And the answer, of course, is we have to take a look at what this Parsha is all about. What this Parsha is all about is contained in the name. You often hear me speak about it. The name is not only the opening 
words or the opening word or the opening sentence to the Parsha, but the name reveals the very essence of the message of the Parsha. Vayakel means bringing together in a very unique sort of way. Moshe does something which is very special. Moshe brings the Jewish people together. But they were together. What do you mean he brings them together? They were together. What's special? Vayakel action did he do in order to bring this people together. And as we take a look at the passage, it says, Koladas, the entire congregation. It's almost repetitive, you know, and he gathered the entire congregation. He could simply say that he spoke to the entire congregation, as indeed, as we continue in the Parsha, we see how this sentence is actually played out. And the answer, of course, is that what Moshe was trying to achieve was a tremendous sense of unity. And unity is not something which is easy to achieve. Unity is something which is quite extraordinary. Unity is something which demands a tremendous understanding of self and other. It takes a tremendous degree of wisdom and a tremendous degree of humility in order to achieve a sense of unity, not only among two people or three people, but certainly an entire congregation, an entire nation, an entire people. What was Moshe trying to achieve? What was he trying to do? What, in fact, is taking place? And what gives the question even greater meaning is the Jewish people had already achieved that type of unity. When was that? Before Revelation at Sinai, Matan Torah. The Jewish people were standing around the mountain, and it says, Vayichan, and they camped. It says it in the singular. And the commentaries point out, Ke'ish echad belev echad, as one person with one heart. The Jewish people were infinitely united, standing in front of Sinai, waiting for God to come down on the mountain to bring the Torah to the Jewish people, to speak to the Jewish people. The people were there with a tremendous sense of preparation, the excitement, moments of great connection between the Jewish people and God. And this brought out this incredible sense of unity, this incredible sense of oneness, ke'ish echad, like one person. Can you imagine? Imagine millions of people are standing together and it's as if one individual is there. There were no elements of conflict, of division. It was the Jewish people as a whole, complete as one. Why is it necessary for Moshe later on to try and achieve this again? They already achieved it at Patan Torah. But something happened, as we well know, between Sinai, and the current parsha. The current parsha talks to us about the building of the Mishkan. The building of the Mishkan took place after the fatal story of the golden calf that we talked about last week. The golden calf, the Jewish people in a moment of weakness, in a moment, well, who knows how they thought or behaved ultimately. But they brought about this tremendous tragedy of building an idol, building the golden calf, trying to replace the leadership of Moshe, others say God himself, with this golden calf. And the Jewish people afterwards, going through the process of teshuva, of repentance, of return, came to the realization that in addition to the fact that they've sinned against God, they've done something terrible, they brought an idol into their community. Idolatry, one of the greatest and gravest sins of all. They did something terrible beyond that as well. And what was that? They broke the sense of unity that existed within their people. The same people who stood at Sinai 
and brought about a tremendous, a tremendous harmony of oneness. Keish echad, like one person. They had broken that, and instead of being a united people, instead of being a people with one purpose, with one heart, with one devotion, they were now a fragmented people, because this is what transgression does. Transgression not only interferes in your relationship with God, which is a terrible thing, but it interferes with your relationship everywhere and with everyone. It creates division, separateness. It creates fragmentation. And the Jewish people about to build a temple knew that in order to build a house for God, you have to be a united people. You have to stand together. And yet they felt within themselves that somehow the terrible mistake, the terrible transgression of the golden calf destroyed that unity, and therefore they would never build a house in the way that it should be built, where everyone worked together, where everyone contributed together, where everyone felt as one building the house of God. And this is something which is important for us to understand. Fragmentation, division, conflict, it's a symptom of a dimension of idolatry that exists within us, that exists within the community. And idolatry, as I explained many times in the past, idolatry is when you become the instrument that creates God. Instead of recognizing that God created you, instead of having the humility of recognizing God's incredible, beneficial act of creation, miraculous act of creation in bringing us into being, we foolishly think that we indeed are those who actually bring God into being. And when you do that, all you do is bring about tremendous division. When you take a look at the world and you see the conflict of people, the division among people, you see how people stand polarized, different ends, throwing things at each other, throwing attitudes toward each other, throwing each other at each other. There is no sense of unity. It's a world of chaos. And the Jewish people felt that somehow they failed in that purpose of maintaining the incredible unity they had prior to Sinai and at Sinai during Revelation and desperately wanted to return to it so that they could build a house for God. Because building a house for God without a sense of unity will result in, well, it won't be a proper house for God. And this is something which is important for us to understand. What creates a sense of division? Not only idolatry. What creates a sense of division is the fact that we look at each other and we look at each other superficially. And because we look at each other superficially, it's the bodies that divide us. An important concept in Torah. Our souls unite us, but our bodies divide us. We look different than each other. We think differently than each other. And our bodies have different needs, different desires, different attitudes, different levels of intellect, different expressions of emotion, different elements and attitudes based on, well, genealogy, geography, all sorts of things. And we have to ask ourselves, is that the way we should be looking at each other? Yes, we recognize that each and every one of us is unique, and so we are. Each and every one 
is unique, but at the same time, does our uniqueness interfere with our tremendous sense of unity, of achdut, of oneness, ki'ish echad v'leiv echad, as one person with one heart. And when we look at it, when we try to understand that what we should be looking at is the soul of an individual, and the soul ultimately unites us not only in a general sense as one people, but makes us absolutely one, because each and every one of us has a soul that is connected with God himself. And God is the ultimate expression of unity. And therefore, when we strive to understand that in each other, perhaps in ourselves as well, we come to a new state of recognition. That is the wisdom and humility that brings about a condition of unity, of oneness, which is absolutely necessary. When all we do is look at each other and we see our most external selves, we talk to us about those elements, well, this is what I like, this is what I want, this is what I need. And somebody else has different wants and different needs and different ideas and different attitudes. And sometimes, yes, they clash. Sometimes there is that great conflict. We have to break through the externality and recognize the soul within each and every one. But in order for us to understand the soul in another, we have to recognize the soul within ourselves, that spirituality, that core of being that connects us with God. And this is why the whole idea of creating a sense of unity is not something which is superficial of calling people together, but somehow reaching to the very core of our own being, knowing who and what we are. And therefore, we now have the capacity, the ability to see it in someone else as well. Because if I possess a soul, so does the other. And these two souls are basically one connected to God in an incredible, an incredible and miraculous level of unity. And this is what Moshe is doing to the Jewish people. He tells them that through the power of teshuva, of return, that God enables us to build a house, that he gives us the power, he gives us the permission to build a house for him. What in fact he is telling us is that now we are capable of returning to that sense of unity. Vayakel, he brings each and every soul together, and he talks to the Jewish people of recognizing that, of celebrating that, of connecting at that level, and bringing about the Dekin the type of congregation that is absolutely united in every sense of the word. And while, of course, we have differences, we have different ideas, we look differently than each other. But at the same time, we recognize that our core, our core is absolutely united in the full sense of the word. And this is what Vayakel is all about. Vayakel is this concept of bringing about this incredible sense of unity to build a house for God but based upon the recognition of the soul within each and every one of us. And who better than Moshe? Moshe knew the soul that he possessed, and because of that he was able to point it out in each and every single individual and bring about the state of unity. More of that soon. This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. So I'm going to make an appeal to the, well, to the administration here at FM to change the nature of that competition. Fressing commentation as many as you can in 10 minutes is, well, not a very nice thing. 
more of that soon, but here we're talking about the Parsha. It is Vayakel, bringing together a tremendous sense of unity, a tremendous sense of oneness within the Jewish people. And this is what Moshe accomplishes, Vayakel. He reaches out to each and every one. He exposes their soul. He shows them their inner self. He shows them who they truly are, connected as one, being all connected to God, equally, infinitely, and totally. And this is what Vayakel talks to us about in that sense of the word. And it's also Shkalim, Shabbat Shkalim, the second Torah. What was a Shkalim? The same concept. The half shekel, the sense of recognizing that you are not complete unless you reach out to the other half. The other half being God, the other half being sense of community, the other half being that which completes the structure and function of the individual. This is what Shkalim is all about. On the one hand, we count each and every single individual. On the other hand, we recognize the particular character and uniqueness of each individual. These things come together. There is no conflict between the two. There is no argument between the outer and inner self. It might appear to be for a while in a state of disagreement and conflict. But in actual fact, our most external self and our most internal self can harmonize, can come together, and that's how we can reach out to others as well. And as I mentioned before, this comes during the great month of Adar, not only the first, but entering into the second through blessing on Shabbat Mevarkim. This is something which brings about a tremendous sense of joy. What greater joy than knowing that we are all connected. We are all connected as one in the most incredible sort of way, that we are part of the same thing, that we look for the same thing. And while each and every one of us, yes, we have a different method of expressing ourselves, of showing the uniqueness, but essentially the internal message, the internal self is there. It's something which is permanent, something which is infinite, and this is what Bayakel is all about, the idea of coming together. And this is important for us to understand because each and every one of us, on a daily basis and sometimes more so, we are in the process of building a house for God. And building a house for God means creating a space, creating a reality in which God can reside, in which the presence of God is revealed, in which the presence of God can be seen and felt. It can be in ourselves. It can be in our homes. Our homes can be, well, a place of great enjoyment, a place of great Activity, but at the same time, is it a place where God himself would be comfortable? And this is one of the great missions that we are charged with as human beings to create within ourselves, within our homes, within our families, within our communities, not only a physical structure which is called the house of God, a shul, a place of prayer, a place of study, but to create the atmosphere of a house of God, to create the sense that God belongs here, God is revealed over here, one comes into a place and one immediately senses that this is a special place. This is a different type of place. This is a place that I feel incredibly comfortable in. I feel a sense of spirituality. I sense a dimension of holiness. This is a godly place. And it's not as a result of some famous architect putting together an incredible physical structure, but rather the individual himself who puts together a presence 
presence, an atmosphere, a reality of holiness. You walk into a home and you took a look at the pictures on the wall. You take a look at the books in the shelves. You take a look at the language of the people. You take a look at the attitude that one has for another. You sense unity. You sense warmth. You sense excitement. You sense holiness. You sense spirituality. And this is something which is so important for each and every one of us. God talks to each and every one of us individually, privately, specifically. Yes, you, me, each and every one of us obligated to build the Asuli Mikdash. You shall make for me a holy place. And a holy place doesn't mean an airy-fairy type of holy place, but a sense of warmth, a sense of joy, a sense of purpose, a sense of godliness, a sense of holiness in the truest sense of the word. You actually are able to feel it as you enter into that place. And this comes about as a result of the unity that we create within ourselves, a unity that we create within each other, a unity that we create as a community, as a nation, as a whole, Vayakel, bringing together all these elements and turning it into this magical, miraculous, powerful dimension of unity that cannot be broken, that is able to survive any type of challenge and reality. And this comes during this time of the year. This is the greatest joy of all. There can be nothing greater than creating a place, a space, an atmosphere of Kedusha, of holiness, not only a holiness, as I said before, in the typical sense of the word, but in the greater sense of the word, a dwelling place for God, a place where God would be comfortable a place where others would be comfortable as well. It's a great challenge, it's a great mission, but it's doable, vayakel, bringing it together. And this is why, interestingly enough, the very first commandment that we have in this parsha is the observance of Shabbat, because Shabbat is that time when we are busy creating the Migdash within our own homes, candlelighting, the Kiddush, sitting around the table as a family, coming together. There are no intrusions. There are no interruptions. There are no cell phones. There are no emails. There are no other elements can distract us from each other, from the holiness. And this is what Moshe is telling the Jewish people. Do you want to create a sense of unity within yourself while you're building a house for God? Recognize the incredible blessing and gift of Shabbat. So when you're in shul tomorrow, make every opportunity of doing just, listen to the Parsha, listen to the story. Yes, it might be repetitive, but it's not. Each and every single word has this incredible dimension of holiness. Try to understand the concept of reaching out within ourselves and toward each other, creating a sense of true unity. Try to understand the beauty of Shabbos, the majesty of Shabbos. Try to understand how it all comes together. It brings about a tremendous sense of unity. And as we bless the new month of Adar, but the second Adar let's somehow allow that energy of joy to enter into our lives as we read the portion of Shkalim let us recognize the half shekel that we are incomplete without the other half, without God, without the other in the fullest sense of the word, when you're in shul tomorrow you're in for an incredible treat use it and use it well Good Shabbos